And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. Mark Allison, pastor of Malvern Free Presbyterian Church in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Good to be with you, man, again. Hey, uh, gentlemen, it's great to have you here. Um, We have an exciting topic to talk about today. It's a result of various emails and Facebook postings, questions that have come up that we have tried to participate in, and that is, again, regarding the church. And this time it's regarding those who have um, found themselves um, having left the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, thinking that the church was of Satan, and um, justified that based on Harold Camping's teaching that God was done with the church. And we're finding some folks who have second thoughts now. Um, Of course, Harold Camping's date came and went, and, you know, nothing happened. And folks are starting to wake up realizing, or at least some are, that, well, this guy was wrong on that front. He's probably wrong on a lot of fronts, and I'm really feeling bad in my spiritual condition. I'm sensing a need for fellowship with the people of God. I'm sensing a need to come under the preaching of God's Word. You know, it's been a long time since I've partaken of communion. It's been a long time since I've witnessed a baptism in keeping with Christ's great commission. What am I to do? And so today's edition of A Plain Answer is uh, just for that person who, uh, for whatever reason, whether camping or otherwise, has left the church, and you're starting to think, you know what? God is uh, tugging at my heartstrings, and I need to get back in fellowship with the people of God. To start, let's, um, I don't know if you fellas have any stories or not of folks that have um, left the church for whatever reason, and, you know, you kind of feel like you're out on your own. Uh, have you experienced uh, in your pastorates any any folks that left and then came back to the church? Well, I know in Malvern that we have had that. Uh, in 1994, we had people that left the church and then came back uh, when they realized that Christ didn't come in 1994. And then we had some that uh, left in the year 2001 when they were being told that they needed to leave the church because it was apostate, and uh, they came back as well. And we thank the Lord for that. Uh, one of the men was just telling me two weeks ago that uh, the thing he missed most was just the fellowship and the moving of God's Spirit on his heart. It wasn't so much an argument against what he had been taught. It was just being in the church and feeling the power of the Holy Ghost ministering to his heart that showed him that uh, he had made a mistake hmm. by leaving. And now that he was in the fellowship, he was rejoicing that yeah. uh, he was in a place that God was now blessing again. I think that that's how God often works. Uh, God often works not by uh, clever apologetic arguments, although they're good to have, and we use them, but often by just uh, His Holy Spirit just working in lives where people are in an environment where they, they see the truth because the Holy Spirit is manifest there. I was reading on a Facebook account um, any number of postings, and, and one, one person posted, um, and she was wondering, how many people here still go to church? <laughs> it was uh, one of those Herald Camping Discussions uh, forums, and um, I guess she wanted to kind of get a feel for, any of you guys going to church yet? <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of us going to church. 
And then she wanted to know, can you share with me what the service consists of? What do they preach about? And um, this is not rehearsed, uh, but uh, Mark Allison, what's your service like down there in Malvern? Well, when we come together, our main focus is to meet with the Lord. And I tell the people that that ought to be the stress in your heart when you come to the house of God. While we do things that are commanded by the Lord, that are called by theologians means of grace, uh, nonetheless, your, your desire ought to be that I'm coming to church to meet with the Lord. And therefore, what you're about is worship. You're coming to sing hymns of praise to the Lord. You're coming to give gifts to the Lord. You're coming to hear His voice and to have Him speak to your heart. You're coming to pray unto the Lord. And when you praise the Lord and pray to the Lord and give to Him, and then He is speaking to you from the, uh, the Word, uh, if you have met with the Lord, you go away rejoicing because your heart and soul have been refreshed, and truly these things that I've been mentioning have become a means of grace to you, a strengthening of the soul. And so on the Lord's Day, we, we begin with uh, a reading of a passage of a scripture, a psalm. Uh, we then sing a psalm. Uh, we read scripture publicly. We will uh, sing other hymns. We'll uh, take an offering so that people have a chance to give to the Lord. And then we read scripture and, and preach, expound the passage uh, that we're looking at. Uh, trying to find something there for our soul that will help us in our relationship mm. with the Lord. Well, that's very similar to what uh, we experience here in the, the Kingston, New York area. Yeah. And uh, it's a blessing, isn't it? Um, you know, there's um, something to be said for having your private devotions. Um, as some people might say, you, the Holy Spirit, and your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but mm. um, there is something else. There is something more that is needed by your soul it is uh, what the writer to the Hebrews describes as uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Um, and so much more as you see the day approaching. <laughs> you know, if we're interested in the coming of Jesus, and we all are because we're Christians, certainly then uh, the writer would tell us, go to mm-hmm. church, uh, be in a good church. Um, I, I was in church uh, the other day partaking of the Lord's table. Uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, that that sacrament, and it was just a, a blessing to do that, um, to to have the minister of word and sacrament there, um, giving his people, giving God's people, the bread and the cup. What a what a blessing! And and, and we knew the presence of of Jesus yeah. Christ. You know, you're mentioning communion or Eucharist or the Lord's table. Uh, it goes by any number of names, but of course Christ instituted it just before he died. Yeah. And and he he made this promise, he said, that he would no longer eat of it in their presence until that day when they eat of it new. And, you know, mm. that's... And then he said, you know, this do in remembrance of me. So it was supposed to be a continuing uh, sacrament that we do until we're in heaven with Christ. Mm. And to cut that off before that time is is a terrible thing. It's That's a good point. And and we need to keep that in mind, you know. And we're looking at this 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 whole problem and you know, one of the things I do understand a lot of people why they could be duped by Harold Camping, because if you look at a lot of the churches there are a lot of churches that have apostatized. Mm-hmm. But that has always been the case. And at the time of the Reformation, there was, I would say, a huge apostasy in the church. But God has always kept his church, 
his remnant, if you will. And it was that way in the Old Testament. It's that way in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He's always kept his church. He's never abandoned his church. He's never let them go completely. But he'll bring them back mm-hmm. uh, to a point. But understand, yeah, there are people who are looking at a lot of churches today and they're teaching all manner of crazy things. And the reason for that is they have abandoned God's word. Mm. I, I would uh, echo that uh, thought. They have apostasy uh, across the nation in many respects. But there are true churches preaching the word. And uh, I would not encourage anyone to go to a church that is no longer preaching the word. Uh, you'd be better staying at home yeah. than uh, going to a place that's become uh, apostate and no longer preaching Christ and yeah. standing for the truth. Uh, we, we had communion ourselves this last Lord's Day, and I thought it was interesting that after the communion service, we had a prayer meeting before the morning service then began. We have our communion first uh, on a Sunday. And uh, one of the men said in his praying uh, at this prayer meeting, Lord, I thank you that you've already met with us today. You've already come and, and met with us around the table. Mm. And, and to me, that's the whole goal of, of coming together as God's people here. You're obviously ministering one to another. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. You can't exercise those gifts by staying at home. You have to be among God's people to be ministered to by others and to use your gift to minister to others. But it's also a meeting with Christ. And if you meet with Christ, what a, re- what a refreshment to the soul. And, you know, for those who have, have stopped going to church, uh, that is one of the major things that they have been missing in their Christian walk. They really need to come back. Now, if they were in an apostate church, I grew up in such a church, well, you were never ministered to uh, before. And if you left that, you don't know what you're really missing. But uh, you need to find a church that is a Bible-believing church that's going to preach the truth uh, of Christ. Yeah, and, and one of the things I would say, when you go to a church, one of the important questions to ask uh, when you go, if you're wondering what kind of a church it is, is ask the pastor, do you believe in biblical inerrancy. Mm. And if he hems and haws and, you know, kind of beats around the bush, well, we, we, we don't like to lose the word inerrancy, but we believe the Bible's inspired. Find another church. <laughs> yeah, he's hiding something. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Gentlemen, with that, we're going to take a short break today here on A Plain Answer. We're talking about the church, and we're talking about folks who... And we're basically inviting folks who, for whatever reason, left the church and now realize, you know what? Made a mistake. I need to get back in fellowship with God's people. And uh, stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? 
Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. And on the phone, Dr. Mark Allison. Today we're talking about the church, and uh, perhaps you've left the church. Uh, This uh, broadcast is exactly for you. One of the reasons that people, uh, some people left the church was the false teaching of Harold Camping. Um, he taught that Satan was in all the churches. And, you know, if that were true, I would have to agree with these uh, write-in comments that, uh, you know, you shouldn't go to a church where Satan's there. Any comments from you uh, pastors today? Well, I would agree as well if Satan was in the churches. And when you do look at the apostate churches, uh, you probably do see that there is Satan in there. But Christ did not give up his church he has always kept some of it uh, pure, if you will, because of the you know, the power of the Holy Spirit and the, and the Word of God. And that's the key thing. It's the Word of God that's in the churches. And it's the churches that are given the great commission, if you will, to spread the gospel to all creation. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear the gospel being preached, that there is salvation in no other, because there's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved, that's where you will see not Satan in the church, but the Holy Spirit in the church still working, working there. I would echo that again. Uh, part of what is going on is that the word church is being used in a very broad sense by Mr. Camping. And when you actually say, what is a church? One of the main focuses on a church is the preaching of God's word. And there are groups that call themselves churches. They've left the preaching of the word uh, long, long ago. And those churches we would not encourage anyone to go to. But is Satan in the church? Well, Satan will come to the church to try to distract and try to destroy. But he'll do that when you're at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the world whereby there is a battle with the devil. There's no question about that. But our Lord is the head of the church. And he is in union with his people. And those people will never be given over to Satan. It just won't, won't happen. And uh, to encourage people to come back to the church is really to encourage them to obey the Word of God. It's not an option as to whether this is something I should do or should not do. It is something commanded so that if I am really know the Lord and I want His blessing upon my life, I have to be among God's people, fellowshipping with a people of like-minded faith who believe the Scriptures, who are preaching Christ, and are 
doing the very things Christ has commanded to be done in the church. As, as I said, the image in the scriptures of Christ, who is the head, and we are his body. If you cut an arm off from a body, the arm will die. And if we're away from the body of Christ, there is that which sets into the soul that's unhealthy. Yeah. A person needs to be among God's people to be ministered to and to minister in that body. And if they cut themselves off, they're cutting themselves off from Christ the head, and they're cutting themselves off from that which is healthy, mm. the body of Christ. One of the write-ins um, from a person um, knowing that we were going to be doing this broadcast and sharing some of her concerns and wanting answers was that um, apparently Camping had taught that based on Revelation 18.4, where it says to come out of her, uh, he just um, then applied that to all of the churches. Can one of you gentlemen address that specific concern that this person has? You know, when you're looking at Revelation 18.4, first off, you always have to be careful when you're looking at, at Revelation. This is uh, apocalyptic. There's so many figures there, and it's it's hard sometimes to put our finger on exactly what that figure means, uh, who it is. I mean, you just go with, with the Antichrist, you know. Who is the, the Antichrist, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> it's a, It's been called a, a number of different people throughout the years, and it's hard to know. So this is Babylon the Fallen. This is uh, what, what we have here. But who is this? She's become a dwelling place of demons, a prison, unclean. But to take that and look at that and then equate that with the church... Well, that's a huge jump. It is. And I don't understand why you would say that a church that preaches that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life fits into this category. And isn't it true, uh, pastors, that um, other places in Scripture which are abundantly clear, for example, some of the epistles, where it talks about Christ establishing elders and deacons um, in his body, in, Mm -hmm. in the church, would um, provide a kind of a boundary condition that would uh, cause us to not apply uh, Revelation 18 to Christian churches. Um, Because you have something plain over here in the epistles, um, thereby saying, okay, it can't possibly mean that here, therefore, in in Revelation 18. Well, that's right. And what what you're doing in in Revelation 18, it talks about the, the description of these Babylon, the the, the fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a prison of every unclean spirit, the prison of unclean and a hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her. The merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. Now, I guess you can take that and apply that to some of these heretical quote-unquote churches that have just, if you will, uh, accepted homosexual mm-hmm. marriage and and really accepted all kinds of immorality and, and abortion and this kind of thing. But there are many of churches that are nowhere near that description. Right. And so, to again, apply Revelation 18, which describes not churches, but in institutions that have immoralities and all kinds of things, it's totally antithetical to the church which stands up against this kind of immorality and focuses on not only opposing the immorality, but then pointing people to Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. The passage is clearly dealing with that which is heretical, and 
uh, when you come earlier and in chapter 17, it even says that they are drunk with the blood of the saints, meaning that they're fighting with, with God's people. Mm. So those churches that you know, have immorality in them, those churches that condone immorality and condone false doctrine and condone fighting with true believers, well, they're not real churches at all. No, that's no. why they're portrayed as the harlot, which yeah. is the opposite of the bride. And yes, you ought to come out of the harlot, but not and stay separate from the bride. You come out of the harlot to join the bride. Right. And the separation from an apostate church has been what God's people have done all through the ages. Uh, was mentioned earlier the Reformation. It was coming out of apostasy to form churches that were going to be true to God's word. They would preach the word. They would practice the sacraments or the ordinances. They would uh, discipline people who went into sin or went into heresy. And those are the ways that reformers were defining a church. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a body of believers preaching the word, being governed by that word, doing the sacraments, and then uh, disciplining uh, those in the church who would uh, apostatize from the truth. Mm-hmm. Yet, as, as time goes on, almost any body of believers has a tendency to apostatize away from the truth, and there's need then to start new churches, new yeah. denominations, and we have seen that in America. And, sure. Uh, uh, but to say that the church or Mark is preaching out of the church that I am preaching at is apostate, well, what are the marks of it? Uh, yeah. I, I would challenge yeah. anyone to come and say, how are we apostate? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, I don't believe that what you're doing is right, I would listen to them. Come, let's look at the Bible. Let's see if it is Correct. right. That's right. Uh, we're not uh, uh, above being uh, rebuked from the scriptures. But uh, what we don't want is someone coming and saying, you know, we believe this, and now you've got to bow to that without any scriptural warrant for it. We don't ask our people to do that. No. I never ask my people to believe what I teach them. I ask them to believe the Word of God, and if mm-hmm. I'm contrary to the Word, to, to stay away from what I'm saying. Mm. But, uh, so, you know, what, what we're looking for, I think, is pastors, for people that want to come in, whether they have been uh, deceived by someone or whether they're just coming in for the first time. You're looking for people that have a, a spirit that's teachable. Uh, we, we have an elder in our church, and that's how he looked at everybody who came through the doors. Uh, he's 80 years old now. In his own comment, are they teachable? <laughs> Amen. It, it doesn't mean that they're going to accept everything that's taught to them without searching it out. No, like the Brian Christians, we want them to search it out. But are they coming with a humble heart, heart to find out what's in the Word of God? If they are, then we can work together uh, yes. to try to glorify the Lord. Oh, amen well, to that. It. Yeah. This uh, write-in also asked about Jeremiah 12, and she's wondering if that's talking about the church and pastors. And um, let me just read a portion which I think is, is what she's referring to, where it says, Many rulers have destroyed my vineyard, and that, I guess, is literally shepherds or pastors. They have trodden my portion underfoot. Um, what's your comment to her regarding that text? Well, the, the prophecy of Jeremiah is a prophecy of doom and destruction because of the sin of the nation. And, and there wasn't many prophets standing with Jeremiah. And so as far as the nation was concerned, the kings and the priests and the prophets, uh, they had turned their back on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the Lord was going to judge them. Now, God had a remnant. Uh, we know that later. There was a Daniel. There was an Ezekiel. There, there was, of course, Jeremiah. But there are many times Jeremiah felt he was the only one. Uh, he was all alone. Yeah. And and so God is, in the book of Jeremiah, dealing with that apostasy. Mm-hmm. And he does destroy the nation, but he does rebuild it later. 
And yes, they came out of the nation, but God rebuilt it. And it's the same image we'd have today where you would come out of the church and then you would start a new church and, mm-hmm. and form something that is God-honoring and, and biblically oriented. Yeah, I think this is really good because here you have it in Jeremiah. You have the nation of Israel, and what it shows there is, yeah, you have apostasy, but does God get rid of it? No, he builds his church. The church comes later, <laughs> and he builds his church. You know, he, he doesn't yeah. get rid of his people. He he does unite them. When there is apostasy, that comes in again. Yeah, there's another house cleaning and you know it's restored. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I see we're up against the wall here on a on time. Um, we have maybe thirty seconds or so each for wrap up thoughts. Um, what would you do tomorrow? Let's say on the Lord's Day, someone comes to your church. They they've been a follower of Harold Camping. How would you treat them? Well, I would treat them with open arms and, and welcome them into the church as long as they're not coming to fight with us. If they're coming to learn again, they're coming to worship the Lord. We would encourage them to use the blood of Christ to find forgiveness and cleansing from their sins, as we would encourage anyone and to come and sit and listen and to try to reason from Scripture and apply the Word of God to their heart mm. in every area. I was going to say, we, we, we would just slam the door. No, we wouldn't <laughs> slam the door in our face. I agree with Mark. We would, with open arms, and you know what? Yes. I would focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ because in yeah. all of Carol Camping's craziness, let me put it that way, craziness. You know, the gospel is missing. I, I get these tracks, and where is the gospel? And there. that's why these people are so depressed and everything, because yes. they've never seen, heard, apparently, through Harold Camping, the gospel that, yeah, you, you can make a mistake, you can, you can sin, you can follow Harold Camping, but there's forgiveness. There is. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross yes. and rose three days later, and those who believe in him have everlasting life. Amen to that. Gentlemen, I'm sorry we're short on time. Uh, We need to continue this discussion, I think, another week. Today in the studio, we have had the Reverend Mark Diedrich on the phone, Dr. Mark Allison. If you have found this discussion to be useful and would like to contact us here at the station, our email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. We would love to hear from you. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Thank you for tuning our way today. Please contact us. We'd love to hear from you. And please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.